Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. I can ride my bike with no handlebars, no handlebars, no handlebars. I can ride my bike with no handlebars, no handlebars, no handlebars. Look at me, look at me. One hit Thunder producer Matt Kelly has brought up the band Flowbots on several occasions on the show, so it was only right that an entire episode was finally dedicated to their 2008 single, Handlebars. What lyrically starts is basically, look ma, no hands, turns into an epic commentary on power, corruption, and militarism. Today, we'll dive even deeper into Flowbots, and we'll decide if we jump the gun with the one-hit wonder tag on a band that might still lead the nation with a microphone. No metronome, and I can see your face on the telephone, on the telephone, on the telephone. Look at me, look at me, just called to say that it's good to be alive in such a small world. I'm all curled up with a book to read. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder, or is it one hit thunder? All right, Matt, can you ride a bike with no handlebars? You knew I was going to ask you. I the answer is no. So. I am, I have to tell you, I am so excited that this won the Patreon voting. And I'm going to throw a wild prediction at the start of this. And then I'm going to try to back up this prediction as we discuss further. Wow. I think that Flowbot's handlebars of all of the artists and songs that we've covered on this podcast is the most likely artist that retrospectively people will say, no, they had another hit because I don't think that the door has fully shut on the flow bots. I think that it is still possible 
for the Flowbots to come out with a second big song for them. Sure, why not? I see that they're, <laughs> they have some tour dates coming up. They're still at it. I see they play with cool bands. I think you could be right. I listen to some of their other music and it's good, but we are here to talk about Handlebars first and foremost. Yes. And I didn't really know this song. I mean, I kind of, I recognize the melody. I definitely maybe heard it in passing, but I didn't really know it. What did you think about it? Because I was thinking Chris is either going to absolutely hate this or this is going to be totally his type of shit. Um, I, I like it. I was hoping you would. So here's the story with me and the Flowbots. I would say for the last 20 years, maybe, I have not listened, actively listened to the radio. It's always like my iPod or something on Spotify or like I still have a CD disc drive in my car. Like very rarely am I putting on a radio station. But one day in 2008, <laughs> I, I was in a rush and I forgot to grab my iPod and I was like, fuck. So I just put on the local rock station. This was one of the first songs that came on. And I caught it midway and I thought it was a new song by Cake for a second because it had like a trumpet solo in it and it was like this kind of monotone rapping. And then as the song kept going, I was like, no, this I could see if whoever this is is influenced by Cake, but this is clearly like a different band doing a slightly different type of thing. And uh, ever since then, I have been a huge fan of this song and the band Flowbots and the more I thought the song like came back up in my mind in the last year because of a YouTuber that I follow. Logan Paul? <laughs> yes, we'll get into Logan Paul thing. No, a rapper, uh, uh, this guy rap critic on YouTube did a video that was also his Patreon suggested he do it where he broke down all of the bars in the entire song. And he really kind of opened my eyes to like, this is a heavy fucking song if you look at the lyrics. <laughs> Yeah, to it, go- it. <laughs> it, it goes from zero to 60 for sure, or zero to <laughs> zero to 200 by the third verse of this. Thing. For sure. <laughs> I, I will say that this is a pretty unique song. Doesn't sound like anybody else. It does have elements of, yeah, I'm not surprised you heard this on like a rock radio station because it has that certain production that does sound like it's going to be played on the X or the Edge or whatever you're rock radio station is in your city it does have that sound to it a little bit but they also have a pretty unique thing oh 100 and i love the hustle of this band like so the flowbots started as an official band named the flowbots in 2005 but the the main guy jamie jamie laurie he actually started working on the concept of what this band would be way back in 2001 when he did like a you know scribbleus pip scrubius pip yeah yeah scrubius pip there's like there's scrubius scrubius pip and then there's also like he has a whole separate album that's him with a specific producer mm-hmm. that has like the beat that my heart skipped is on that and stuff like that I, dan lasac yes so he had kind of a similar thing where it was like jamie and lax type mm-hmm. thing or, or or yeti or i don't know what the dude's name was but like it was him and a producer that put together this first album called Automatopoeia that like all things considered was the first Flowbots album. It was just before he had gotten a band together and wanted to give it more of like a, he wanted it to be a band. He didn't want it to just be, I'm Jamie and this is my backup tour group. Like, and it has been the same, like for the most part, it's been the same like drummer, guitarist, bassist and violin player since he formed this band in like 2005. They've had like a couple other, member shifts in and out but it kind of reminds me of when the lead singer of um bright eyes put out a solo album 
And the reason was that he was like, everyone assumes that Bright Eyes is my solo project, but I've had the same backup band for the last 20 years. So I want it to like establish that they are in fact Bright Eyes as well. Like it's not just me mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. Um, but they, you know, put together a self-produced EP, toured like crazy, sold about 3,000 copies of that, and that helped them fund making their debut album, Fight With Tools, which Handlebars is on both the EP and Fight With Tools. And then they started doing contests, and they won a contest at their local radio station that made the radio station start playing Handlebars in regular rotation when they won it. And that started to get the attention of record labels because they're like, who is this... Who is this random group out of Colorado that are that are like putting in the work essentially? And they got signed and immediately like they're touring with they're playing all these festivals where they're opening up for all these bands. And I wrote down a list of the bands in my notes. Metallica, Apocalypta, Chiodos, Bad Religion, Flogging Molly, Offspring Pennywise, Rise Against Dave Matthews Band and uh, John Mayer. And what I love about that list of artists is that. All of those artists are dramatically different musically, but yet the Flowbots make sense playing with almost every single one of them in a weird way. <laughs> like, sure. I think it really represents how eclectic their sound actually is. Yeah, and I didn't know. I listened to the song, and of course, the music video for anyone who hasn't seen it is like an animated, sort of like a computer animated thing. Kind of reminds me of The Sims or something, yeah. the, the way the animation is done. So I, you don't even see the band in the video. So I went and watched live videos of them because I was like, I don't know if this is just a guy and a DJ or if this is a band. I, I didn't know what I was getting into. And what I saw, the first video that came up was from a show that they played with Anti-Flag and Rise Against in Glasgow in 2009. I'm like, okay, this band tours with like punk rock bands. And then I saw, yeah, yeah it's a bassist, guitarist, drummer, violinist, and two singers. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is this is pretty cool. And then as I <laughs> and learned- they sound tight as shit live. I watched the exact same live video that you said that like, that was a, because I, I was worried. I, I'd only listened to their recordings so it's like, oh man, is this going to be one of those bands that like it sounds so good on the record that they're not able to even remotely replicate it live? And I was pleasantly surprised how good they seem live, actually. Yeah, they're great. And they're also conscious, I guess the word is, or, you know, political, but in a way of things that I agree with. They have songs yes. about climate change, songs about immigration reform seems to be a big thing. Uh, a recurring theme in their songs. I think that's really cool. I wouldn't have thought this at first when I first heard Handlebars, but the more and more I got into them, in a certain way, they remind me of like a Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. No, I I think that especially, I think it's very telling that their second album, the lead single featured vocals from Tim from Rise Against. Like I, I think it falls in that same category as like Rise Against is a band that I do think when I think of political minded bands, I do think of Rise Against and I think of Bad Religion. Like, I think that that's where that makes sense. I do want to talk about Handlebars for a quick second because there's a quote from Jamie that really sums up everything about this song in a couple sentences that I want to read. And I'm sure you probably found the same quote. But he said, The idea of the song is that we have such incredible potential as human beings to be either destructive or creative. And it's tragic to me that we have this appetite for military innovation that seems to be endless. But when it comes to taking on a project like trying to end world hunger, it's seen as completely outlandish. 
It's not treated with any of the same seriousness. And at the same time, I knew that there were people at that very moment who were being bombed by our very own country. And it, I just found that very powerful. And you kind of see that. Like, I love the idea that this song, like, it starts off... The way that I heard someone break it down at one point, and this is how I've started to interpret it, is I see it as the very beginning that I can ride my bike with no handlebars, no handlebars. It's like a very little kid's thing to say, right? Like it's like a little kid like showing off that he can do that, right? And like the first verse still feels like stuff that like a little kid would talk about. And I feel like the song is like this person who had all the potential in the world, but then they go off into this much darker area as they get older. And then the song ends with that refrain again, like you're you're going back into the mild mind of before any of that happened when it was still just a kid innocently riding a bicycle and being excited. Well, the that way he could do I it interpreted no it was to be about ambition and also about the way that power and I guess fame to a certain extent, power, money, all these things can corrupt you if you if you take the wrong path, I yeah. mean, each verse seems to be the first verse. He's talking about things that he can do. Like he can scratch a record. He can, he can take apart the remote control and almost put it back together. Him and his friend made a comic book. Just these very basic things. Like you said, Matt, these are things that you might do as a kid, but that show some level of ambition. Maybe the uh, remote control was like, yeah, he took it apart to see how it works, and he almost put it back together. I feel like that line's so relatable because I I can't tell you how many times, like, not maybe fully taking apart the remote control, but even like something as simple as like taking off the back of the remote control too many times to like put in new batteries, and then after a while, the little hook in the back of that yeah. little plate breaks and then you can't ever fully get it back together after that point. Yeah, but then by the time you get to the second verse, you see that the narrator of this song, the person in the first person role, you see that they're doing bigger things, making a living off a magazine, uh, designing an engine that gets 64 miles to a gallon, make new antibiotics, do these things, which these are good things. It seems yeah. like now you whether it be power or, or whatever you're getting at this point, you make a decision to go go one way or the other when you're following your ambition. It's kind of like, are you going to go to the dark side or the light side here? And as we see in this song, by the third verse, things get very dark. And I love this verse. I think that this third verse is so fucking good. <laughs> like yeah, ba basically, he's saying at this point, the narrator is in a role of power. He's a leader in one way or another. And I think this is worth reading. I can hand out a million vaccinations or let them all die of exasperation, have them all healed of their lacerations, have them all killed by assassination. I can make anybody go to prison just because I don't like them. And I can do anything with no permission. I have it all under my command because I can guide a missile by satellite, by satellite, by satellite. And I can hit a target through a telescope, through a telescope, through a tele telescope. And I can end the planet in a holocaust, in a holocaust, in a holocaust, which is the refrain before you hit this sort of like, this is the climax of the song. And then, like you said, Matt, it ends back with the... I can ride my bike with no handlebars. It goes back to, it's an to the eerie very calm song when you read yeah. the lyrics, man. It's, it, it's a, it, it seems to me like kind of like a dream. Like this person is like th this ambition and power and, and corruption. And it's kind of like the end reminds me of like waking up. And it's like, okay, I'm back to riding my bike with no handlebars by the end. 
Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Hi listeners. I'm Carolina and I'm Tessa and together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. So you, br- I want to bring up the Logan Paul aspect of this too, because... <laughs> yeah, So Logan sure. Paul just puts out a song called No Handlebars, which I'm not sure if you listen to it, but it is blatantly the song Handlebars yeah, by Flo I mean, it's, it's a parody, right? Yeah. It's just it's straight up parody of so it. So they tried to sue him. Uh, that's I'm, As far as I know, there hasn't been a result to that just yet, but... One of the other things is that the lead singer of Flowbots wrote a response track using the beat of Handlebars, just like shaming Logan Paul. Now, normally I'm pretty conflict avoidant. Just ignore shit if it's just annoying. I don't write a diss track about Stranger Things episode 7. I just be like, that's disappointed. But recently I was just acquainted with a young man, maybe once fan of ours. Hey, look, this guy's covering Handlebars. That's cool what you're saying is bars. Um, instead of my bike, he says your girl. Oh, that's really clever. Oh, it gets even better. Oh, naturally, these days I have to be thoroughly cratchit to be busy fashion. Oh, yeah, you have to see this. His masterpiece is like a master thesis. In this project, he concocts a fascinating twist of logic. Describes a woman's body like it's just an object. I think that's been done. Yeah, done. Oh, maybe, yeah. I think that's been dumb. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I won't hold it against him. Oh, really? Why not? Because he's just 21. Actually, he's 22. Oh, then that's disappointing. His name is Logan Paul. Oh, I don't listen to boy bands. No, man, all the kids love his stuff. You don't know him at all. 
What the fuck? This guy's got like a million followers. 12 million. Way more than all the years. Probably has like a billion dollar earth. What did you care so much? They call a lawyer. And there's one line in that song that might be one of my favorite lyrics someone has written in a long time, which was, just because you can't handle bars, you make the decision to mangle ours. <laughs> and nice. I was like, dude, just the wordplay with handlebars in that is so fucking good. We got to talk about, back up a second. For anyone who's listening... Logan Paul, most people know who Logan Paul is now. I'm I don't know what I think of Logan Paul. Like <laughs> I, I somehow people let him get famous. I, I don't get it. I think he's very obnoxious, yet at the same time, I respect his hustle. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, I'm gonna be a boxer. Then he trains, becomes a boxer, boxes Floyd Mayweather and kind of holds his own. It kind of seems staged. But it was the biggest cash grab ever. I watched it. It was the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. It was horrendous. <laughs> he must have made, I don't know, $50 million from that. He just did WrestleMania last week. <laughs> like, dude's just everywhere. I like that he likes Pokemon, <laughs> I, I guess. But he's also the same guy who went to the uh, woods in Japan where people kill themselves and made a video like laughing with a guy hanging from a noose yeah. in the background. Like he's, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's a real piece of shit is, but like you can't help, but sometimes watch something he's involved in. But the thing that's crazy, and I guess this is from, keep in mind, this is from over 10 years ago. Maybe Logan Paul has come a little bit past this. I, I doubt it, but he took a song like handlebars, which has a real message and it's done by a band who once again is conscious and like cares about things and is trying to make a point took the song and made it into this misogynistic idiotic thing about I think like I don't know exactly what the it's words like, are I can ride my girls with no handlebars or so like it yeah, doesn't it's, even it's, make it's, sense it, it was like it's something like I can bang your chick on my handlebars or something it's just you took something artistic and great and made it so stupid. Yeah. And, and, and the complete opposite of what the band Flowbots is all about. I, I, and I think that like, he obviously liked the song, but yeah, Flowbots took exception to it. And rightfully so it was the stupidest thing ever. And it's a real shame how many times the Logan Paul thing was viewed. It's, complete trash yeah. well so but i think that that also brings up a, a point so like you're just to tie into stuff that's happening at the time that we're recording this obviously this might be a little bit dated by the time the episode comes out but people liking a song and having no clue what it's actually about uh seems to be a reoccurring theme every year in politics as well where you've got people fighting about how you know right now it's the whole like twisted sisters we're not going to take it as a song defending conservative values <laughs> like people are so stupid like, <laughs> people, are, people are so stupid dude i you know it's like it's the same kind of thing as the people dancing around with trump flags listening to rage against the machine are yeah. you kidding me are you kidding me or the amount like, of times that people have used born in the usa as a political anthem when it's like the song's right. about how our country just left veterans to die in the middle of the streets penniless yeah <laughs> i mean it's we you can't account for stupidity especially american stupidity but that's not that's not what we're here to talk about but something i do want to talk to you about matt which i think this song it touches on this theme i think in one way or another are humans 
inherently good or evil. Yeah. I took that away from this song is like the the narrator of this song. I don't know. I don't know if I'm wrong in that, but I don't think I'm too far off in in thinking this song asks that question that's been asked so many times. Human beings, if left to their own devices, are we inherently good or evil? Well, and I think another thing that it brings up, because we read most of the third verse, but we didn't read the part that leads right into it, which I think has a really key line in it, because I think, yes, it brings up the are people good or evil, but... I mean, when he says me and my friends made a comic book, that that's legit. Uh, at the time that this album had come out, they had made a comic book about like a, a fictional telling of the Flowbots as superheroes. And if mm. you watch, like I think in the live video that we both watched, like the guitarist is rocking like a Batman t-shirt and stuff. Like it's clear that they're like, they're very conscious, but they're also like they're into like pop culture stuff and they're they're knowledgeable in that stuff. And a thing that's brought up a lot in pop culture, it's a heavy conversation, is like, does a villain know that they're a villain? And I think mm-hmm. that the key line in this is when he says, like, my reach is global, my tower is secure, my cause is noble, but my power is pure. And it's like that line alone, like the the my cause is noble, it's like in his mind, he's doing the right thing. Like, it's kind of the the whole thing that comes up with the Avengers where like people talk about the Thanos snap where it's like, is he wrong though? Like, is there a problem where it's like, Hey, we're overpopulated and someone needs to do something about it. And I don't want to just go around and murdering things. So I'm just going to snap my fingers and this will let fate decide who goes and who stays type situation. Like that's a lot more clean cut than say like a Hitler character. That's just straight up. Like, I don't like these people. So I'm going to massacre them. Like a villain who thinks they're on the right side is so much more dangerous and scary. Right. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure that any anybody could look at. I think it's probably rare that this person that we view as evil thinks of themselves as that way. Right? Exactly. They probably they probably <laughs> always think they're doing something good <laughs> in one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That, so. So that's interesting, you know, and, and once again, are humans inherently good or evil? It's probably a lot harder of a question than that it depends on how you define good and evil right and i think it's tough because are people good or evil is such a black and white question in a world where we always live in the gray right like i think that it's it's tough but i do want to point out one of the other reasons why i still think that there's a possibility that even five years from now this episode might be outdated of calling the flowbots a one-hit wonder is that they're right now they're working on a new album like you said, they're on tour. But the other thing is that they're starting to get a pretty nice TikTok presence. They currently are at about 258,000 followers, which is nothing to, to complain about. And they've been doing a lot of cool stuff where during the pandemic, because I guess they all live close enough to each other and we're in the bubble together. They started just going on TikTok. They did a video on TikTok where he sang the first verse and then he just let the plant or he's saying the I can ride my bike with no handlebars part. And then he stopped and he was letting TikTok rappers stitch together with that video and do their own freestyles over the beat. And there's some awesome videos you can find of people just like doing amazing freestyles over this beat. And that's like how you do it, right? Like the more people that use that, that's the more exposure to your sound that's getting put out there. That's more people who want to start checking out what this group is about. I think that they're smart in really using like, TikTok as a way to expose people to their music and furthermore to their message ultimately, which like you said, is 
very politically minded. <laughs> like, sure, there's not and a lot of party jams in the Flowbots uh, <laughs> back catalog, right? And whether or not they have another hit doesn't matter. They will have a, a following, a For cult sure. following, if nothing else, and. The fact that one of their songs crossed over, yeah, that, that's great for them. And they can, you know, use that to their advantage. But I I think it's really cool when bands use their platform for good. Yep. Or for, or to, to have a message. I mean, I, I, I've never really been in that position so much. Either A, in a band that was big enough to make a, a difference, really. Maybe small differences here and there. Doing things to help out when, when you can. But like, or just not everybody in the band on the same exact page of uh, of an opinion of a certain thing but i think i always really respect the the bands that you use that i mean it, yeah it's cool that white flag warrior song they did with tim McElrath from rise against i like that song yeah and i think you know very similar minded bands i think that's really cool I, I think I think you're underselling yourself a little bit though because I think both you and I and I would say most of the people that we know who are podcasters that we know and respect like maybe we don't have the global reach of even someone who's a minor success like the Flowbots but you know how many times have we used just what skills we have as musicians or as podcasters to like raise some money for a good cause or like sure. raise awareness for me- you know like I think that we're sure. we're doing it in our own small way and we're we're reaching those small audiences and that's something that you and I've talked about a million times even on the I want to be rich episode where we said like yeah there's some lavish stuff that we want to get but at the end of the day we also want to just donate money to yeah. things that help people <laughs> like, sure sure i just think it's pretty badass when oh I, for you sure know, i <laughs> i see you know rage against the machine anti-flag any of these bands that like are very outspoken about the things in the world like i'm always like ah but it's also at the same time it's not that i don't have necessarily have songs about those <laughs> those topics so it's kind of just like i i don't know is are people going to care what i say i i definitely have a big mouth on the internet but that only goes so far <laughs> i mean Leia, don't get me wrong i love darkest dark but i don't see it being used for like a protest compilation or yeah, anything like that yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> not not on level that like killing in the name of sometimes makes its way into sure. this video i want to talk about something that i did think was funny so the song peaked at 37 on august 9th 2008 and this is what it was sandwiched between <laughs> so that flowbots okay. at 37 at 36, just above them, song I fucking love, Paper Planes by M.I.A. Oh, yeah. What a, what a beat. What a good song. Right. Not, not, not too far off in like being these rap mixed with sort of a strange, unique sound. Yeah, like the I, I could see M.I.A. and Flowbots playing shows together. Absolutely. 100%. Now, <laughs> follow that up. With uh, another person who seems to be very politically minded, but on the opposite side of the spectrum at oh, no. 38, Kid Rock with All Summer Long. <laughs> Dude, why Why is it? I know someone's going to be able to tell me some example, but why is it that all like conservative-minded musicians absolutely fucking suck? Like, <laughs> you would think once in a while they'd be like, oh, they're good, but... No, it's just like all the worst. I mean, if somebody going to say Ted Nugent is a good guitarist, like, yeah, he is a good guitarist, but like, 
I would never listen to his music. That that might be the argument someone makes. The only argument I could make that ties the Ted Nugent is that I still really think High Enough by Damn Yankees is a really good song, but that's about it. I, uh, but but for the most part, like, you know, imagine if that's if you were like a right wing person. What do you have? You have Kid Rock and like terrible pop country songs <laughs> about the United States. That's like what you have. So I went down a rabbit hole yesterday because last night I was editing the Grateful Dead episode and I was like, I like that episode made me really want to get more into the Grateful Dead. I have to say, Joey, side note, was such a good guest for that. So I'm yeah. on the Grateful Dead wiki page and there's a tab for famous deadheads. And there mm. are a lot of conservative deadheads. Like it blew my mind. Like, like Tucker Carlson is a deadhead. <laughs> and I'm like, so then I went down this rabbit hole of reading articles about like, why like there was like there's like at least three different articles that are like why do so many deadheads support trump and it was like this interview with like how half of the deadheads that are like 70 years old are like you know the dead was all about like our personal freedoms and that's what trump's representing and then like there's the other half that are like <sighs> jerry would be rolling in his fucking grave if you voted for donald trump like <laughs> yeah I, I can't imagine the grateful dead would be in a trump i think that brings it back to handlebars at some point people have to make a decision and they're, they're gonna make whatever yeah i i you justify that, your own decisions in your head yes. is right. That's what it comes right. down to. Um, right, I do right. want to talk about a, just like I, I want to know what you think about this top 10. I'm not going to go through all 10 of them, but I was like, these are all songs that I just am um, fine with. No, well, one of them I dislike because of the person, but the rest it's like, if it's on, it's on. I'm not like mad. But in the top 10, we had like that song Bleeding Love that I keep bleeding. I keep, keep bleeding for you. Who is that? Leona Lewis, I think it is. Oh, yeah, Leona. Leona Leona Lewis. Lewis. Okay, yeah, yeah. Little Wayne was in sixth and seventh with a million and, uh, or a milli and lollipop. Coldplay was on there with Viva La Vida, which I don't hate that song in the grand scheme of Coldplay. Is that the, is that dun, 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 yeah. Okay. I don't mind it. Rihanna was at two and four. With uh, Take a Bow and Disturbia. Okay. Kind of uncomfortable. Sandwiched in between Rihanna's two and four was Chris Brown Forever, which is arguably the best Chris Brown song, but (laughs) exclusively for the beat and the memories of TV shows making fun of that wedding video. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, the office (laughs) wedding. I mean, I, geez. Yeah. And then Chris, fuck Chris Brown, but that song is. It's undeniable. undeniable. <laughs> but you know what? I I think I texted you about this over the summer. I was listening. I had my like walking mi- or my running mix on, and for some reason, forever was on there. And I was like, this song is great for all of the reasons that aren't Chris Brown. Like that song is great yeah. for the for the actual production of the song. The verses and everything is garbage. Um, yeah. And then the number one song in America, uh, Katy Perry's "I Kissed a Girl," her first big single. Uh, before mm-hmm. a nice like ten year run of success for Katy lot Perry, a <laughs> lot of hits and flow. So Flowbots, once again, as w- has been the case on a lot of our episodes, calling Flowbots even a one hit wonder is a little bit of a stretch. If the yeah. highest they went to is number thirty seven, so that that could be one little strike against them. Is that is this actually a hit? I, I guess it is. I I would argue that it is, but. Chris, I want to ask you this question since, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear where I stand. 
Do you think that the Flowbots brought the thunder or were they a blunder? I will give them the thunder. And I think what's important to note is that, that I think you could be right. They could have another hit or they might just have a cult following. I think even calling this a hit is in retrospect. Yeah, they've been smart. They're on TikTok and making the song have a resurgence. Even now, it was a big enough a hit that idiots on YouTube are doing misogynistic parodies of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a lot of charts aside, this song lived on and continues to live on. And I think the band seems really cool. I think what they're all about is really cool. I think they're yeah, undeniably a thunder. One hundred percent. I agree. Uh, this is. I, w- I would put the Flowbots in a similar bucket of a uh, couple artists that we've talked about before, where it's like, hey man, it feels like every time we put out an episode, somehow the artists hear it. So Flowbots, if you're listening, like legitimately open door invitation. I would love to have any of you on here to talk music because yeah, they just seem they seem like our type of people based on the bands that they tour with and work with. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Flowbots, you're cool. This is a reaction to the songs we're forced to hear. Like this has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Vifalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing a universal theme off the Punchline album, Delightfully Pleased. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and news. Do you want to start a podcast? Then contact Chris and I at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>